This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live once again, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, January 20th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who always finishes his live shot, especially when being hit by a car, Jerem Jordan. No, I've never had the privilege of being hit by a car uh, while doing a live shot. Granted, I haven't even done a lot of live shots, which is more of like a news uh, phrase for that. But this morning, a reporter named Tori Yorgi uh, in Dunbar, West Virginia on WSAZ got hit by a car while doing a live hit. She's fine. Like... She's, she didn't uh, apparently get hurt at all. Um, Good grief. Which is crazy. And what happens is the anch- – we'll have to talk to Dave McCann about this. The anchors never fully understand what's going on on the other end. They're not like, oh, my gosh, are you okay? He was just like, hey, sometimes this happens. when It's like, Mr. No Empathy, what happened to you? This happened this morning. It was crazy. It was insane. I think my favorite part of the whole scenario was the fact that she said, look, it's all good. This happened to me in college, too. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry, what? Are you from Final <laughs> Destination? Like, you get hit multiple times like our doing live shots? And like, she said it was her final week on the job. She's too? going to, like, Pittsburgh or something. Well uh, earned. New job. What? That's crazy. So, yeah, you, you and I have done, you know, live stuff. Never been hit. <laughs> you Okay, 2019 at Tennessee – Zach Wilson overthrew Jaron Hall in warmups in the end zone, and it took out a light right by you. Just boom. <laughs> in the control room, we were like, whoa. We had Zach Wilson sign that light stand, oh, that's by funny. the way. <laughs> Who has that light stand? Travis Cameron, Travis one does. of our producers. Nice. That's, that's worth a lot more now from uh, sophomore Zach Wilson. To Indeed, it is. Fan. Live shots are fun. I'll have to tell you the story about my first live shot at the Junior College World right Series now. in Grand Junction. Oh. Okay, okay, I'll make it short. Uh, the entire newsroom at KJCT News 8 on the Western Slope in Colorado had gathered around the TVs in to uh, hopefully see me get so nervous that I threw up all over myself. Okay, I found this out after the fact. They thought you were going to throw thought, up. They thought this is the new guy. I'd been on the job for three hours. Yeah. I, had re- I got in town. They gave me a polo and said, you're going live in three hours. And I was like, okay, cool. let's do this. So – Apparently, they'd had some bad experiences with previous reporters making their first live. So the whole oh, newsroom was gathered around, like waiting for me Jason to just Chang embarrass myself. Yes. <laughs> Thankfully, I did not. Worked my way through it, interviewed a little kid about the youth clinic and one of the junior college players. And yeah. apparently, I sent everybody home, like super disappointed that I didn't embarrass myself beyond belief. So I was grateful for that. That's funny. Very, very grateful for that. But yeah. it's because we were at BYU, we had opportunities to do that. Yeah, we did. You did stuff in comms, you did stuff, uh, you know, with iProvo. Fun fact that we've never said on the air, we've said it off the air um, in various places, different shows, that you said, hey, would you like to come? work with me at KJCT in Grand Junction. You could have been at the JUCO World Series with me, Jerem. And I told you no. <laughs> hey, it worked, it worked out for out. the best. I, I said, hey, I know a guy. Well, let's bring him it worked out for the best. You never got hit by a car doing never, a live shot? Just emotionally hit by a car sometimes, <laughs> but it's fine. Oh, we are, are live, we on? by the way. We're on? We are okay. actually yeah. live. We started? Thankfully, no cars around here. <laughs> it's not 11 p.m. and dark. We closed the door on purpose. <laughs> On the show today, 
Greg Rubel, has he ever been hit by a car during a live shot? Maybe we'll ask him that. The voice of the Cougars joins us to discuss what BYU basketball can accomplish in games that on paper they're supposed to dominate. BYU volleyball star Davide Gardini on becoming the guy. He is the star of this team. Why he opted to come back. And how about the new scheduling philosophy for BYU football with the addition of a certain Mountain West Conference team in 2024? We'll discuss that much and much more. And... It's, of course, game day for BYU basketball, which brings us to ball today's night. BYU Sports Nation headlines. Let's go. It's a ball night. Men's soup. So San Diego battle with second-place teams in the West Coast Conference. Pre-game begins on BYU Radio at 8 Eastern. BYU TV's countdown to tip-off, 8.30 Eastern. BYU TV's won all – or BYU has won all 10 matchups with the Toreros in the Marriott Center. Mm-hmm. And a reminder – Tonight's game requires, in person, full proof, full va- uh, vaccination or a negative COVID-19 uh, test within the last 72 hours to get in, in addition to the ticket. The Twitter account, at Murray provided the following scoop. BYU football will open the 2024 season on August 31st in Lavelle Edwards Stadium against the Wolfpack of Nevada. First meeting, it will be at the time, in 10 years, because the team's last met in 2014, BYU holds the overall record 5-3-2 over the Wolfpack. But there's much more on why this matchup is significant with BYU transitioning into the Big 12. We'll discuss that in just a moment. Yeah, Chris works for Nevada Sportsnet, so he's like a legit dude. Um, that would be funny, though, if it's just like some random Twitter account. This, okay. Let's Big Game Boomer, what's your name again? Women's Hoops was scheduled to play at Pepperdine tonight, but that was postponed due to COVID with the waves. Uh, Paisley Harding tweeted, all we want to do is play some basketball games. Double exclamation point. Mm-hmm. Cougars play at San Diego Saturday, then host the Toreros on Monday in a twofer in three days. How cool is this for a couple of former BYU women's soccer stars? Ashley Hatch named one of 25 players on the United States women's national team January training camp roster well-earned golden boot winner in the National Women's Soccer League. The team will practice between now and January 28th in Austin, Texas. First match is the She Believes Cup against the Czech Republic on February 17th. We'll see if Ashley gets into those matches. Michaela Coulihan was also called up to the United States under 23 national team. They also practice in Austin from January 23rd through the 28th alongside the senior U.S. women's national team. They're going to scrimmage against each other at the end of that. And uh, Michaela was actually on a Zoom with the U23 national team at the beginning of the banquet the other night, but she didn't want to tell anybody. So she was in a side room on Zoom <laughs> and then kind of came out. What are you doing? Uh, hilarious. Uh, just talking to the national team. Yeah, no. Cougars in the G League. TJ Haas put up 19 for the Lakeland Magic against the Wisconsin Herd. And Yoli Childs put up 12 points, 9 rebounds for the Salt Lake City Stars against the Memphis Hustle. TJ Haas is balling right now. Love to see it. He's the red-headed LaMelo ball. Lakeland Magic. Some track and field news. The BYU men's and women's teams compete today through Saturday at the Air Force Invitational in Colorado Springs. BYU track and field athletes hold four all-time meet records at the Air Force Invitational and obviously looking for more. The way things are trending, they'll probably come up with a few more records, Jerem. For sure. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group serving Utah since 1968. BYU and Nevada will open the 2024 college football season against each other on August 31st in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Which begs the question, Jerem, what did we learn about BYU football's future non-conference scheduling 
with the addition of Nevada to 2024 because at that point, BYU will be integrated into the Big 12. Let's do some deductive reasoning here. Mm-hmm. So Big 12, uh, you know, uh, report this week from Dennis Stott is that they're uh, thinking about nine games, not eight conference games. So that would mean you have three non-conference games. That would mean you have Nevada. That would mean you have Utah. Mm-hmm. That would mean you need an FCS team, I would think, that BYU would stay with that. And then it's done? So the schedule's done. The schedule's done, um, basically. So let's talk through that. We know Nevada August 31st, as you mentioned. Now, there are a bunch of names on here. Um, at Utah, probably available on September 7th still with the Big 12 schedule. I assume they're not going to be like, hey, week two, you got to play a Big 12 game. So then it's just fitting the FCS game in. That's sure, it. Sure. That's and- it. Which I – I like this non-conference philosophy. Let's talk through it. One is that you play an FCS game. One is that you play a G5 game, probably at home, and hopefully BYU can start to get into the we're a big, bad Power 5 team. Now we can play seven conference or home games if we want, seven home. And then I think you should always play Utah. So the question is, will BYU ever have, um, and I think it will because BYU's been aggressive in scheduling, not passive, um, the, the other big non-conference game. Like, do you want to sacrifice, like Utah did with Florida, Utah for another game? Or are you saying, nope, we're going to throw out the G5? Because I think you need an FCF in there to help you get to a bowl game just in case it's that kind of season where you're not winning 8-plus, right? Can you win five FCS games that season? In a bad year, hopefully you can, right? So it's interesting. If it's eight games in the Big 12, now that opens up the opportunity to go play a whoever you want, outside of Utah, G5, FCS. But that's what I would like those three to be if it's only three. But then, if it's not Utah, if it is Utah, you are sacrificing like, oh, you're never playing a game with a Notre Dame in Vegas again. Um, do you want that? Because the Big 12 will be tough enough. It will be tough enough. And you'll have some big games. So, depends what you want. If it's a nine-game schedule, certainly I like Utah, G5 at home, FCS at home. You know what's amazing about five FBS wins and then an FCS win to get to six? In the Big 12, BYU will have a bowl tie-in that will get them to a bowl game that even at six and six is going to be a better scenario than what BYU has largely faced in independence. You're saying the bowl game's yeah, better? Yes. It's not always necessarily true. Like, there, there are bowl games where— Not always true. Like, like, well, like, Utah could be in the independence bowl in the next couple of years. The Pac-12 will have a tie-in. Like, it's not always the case. But we hope— the perception is that. I think the perception is if you're a Power 5, whatever bowl game you're playing is a better game because of who you are, not what the bowl game is. The Utah game in 2024 is interesting because that game is scheduled after a two-year hiatus because yeah. the Utes opted to play a two-game series with the University of Florida. They it's will be in the swamp in 2022. Florida will make a rare trip west out of the Eastern time zone and take on Utah in 2023. So that was like, hey, so long, BYU. We'll see you in 2024. So I would imagine that that game absolutely will happen in yeah. 2024. It's not going to go after a two-year hiatus. Well, it's it's uh, scheduled, is it not? It is scheduled, but yeah. all of these other games are scheduled too and up for, hey, well, let's cancel the contract because BYU's in the Big 12 now. Utah's a little different, isn't it? So for me, yeah, Nevada, Utah, does BYU opt to keep another G5 game or – go with an FCS opponent. I say stick with FCS. You're trying to get to a bowl game every year at a minimum. But don't you think BYU having Hawaii in Provo is, doesn't that feel like a game BYU probably will be favored to win by 17 plus? Hawaii's playing like an FCS program right now. Yeah. And operating like one. Sure. Right? They that, have that, some major as issues. As I'm saying, so yeah. I think BYU 
does have some options here with teams on the schedule because some of these teams are not great. They've also got Georgia Southern scheduled right. to come to the, Provo. The last matchup with Hawaii BYU lost. Like I, I would argue that there's a big difference with FCS and Hawaii. Yeah. Either way. BYU and Tom Holm will have some big decisions to make. And when do you throw in the bye week? Is I think Dix- that's a small decision. Is Dixie that's State easy. is the Dixie State game going to stay November sixteenth, or does that game move up? It, it, BYU might have to find a different FCS opponent based on the Big Twelve. Does schedule. BYU take they, the SEC scheduling philosophy and want to play an FCS late in the season if yeah. that is even available in the Big Twelve? I don't know what the Big Twelve's kind of schedule. I haven't dug in that hard on. Nope, it has to be week three or whatever. Then you say goodbye to Utah State as well. Yeah. What? So no game yeah. with the Aggies in 2024 because you go with State. Nevada, yep. Utah, yep. and then FCS. If the Big 12, when Texas and Oklahoma eventually leave in 2025, opt for an eight-game conference schedule, now you have more room to maybe work in a Boise State or a Utah State into a four-game non-conference slate. Yeah, it I feels like it will be nine, right, based on the report. And welcome back to visiting the in-laws for BYU. You've been divorced every Christmas and Thanksgiving. You've been able to go where you've wanted to go. Guess what? You don't have a choice as to when you're going to play Iowa State or whatever. You know what I mean? So welcome to, yep, every other Christmas is at the in-laws or whatever, however you function in, in uh, you know, your marriage. But welcome back to a conference sure. schedule, which, which is awesome. Like, it, it's just Tom Homo, Tom Homo's job as a scheduler just got way easier you know, it doesn't mean it's easy. Well, not necessarily because he's got to get rid of like 70 games once, that have contracts. Once he does, then, <laughs> yeah. No, that's why you have a contract. And and BYU doesn't have to be buy out those because they had a clause in there that if they went to a P5, it's all good. Sure. Maybe there's a minimal buyout. I'm not exactly sure, but it's not that. No, his job as a scheduler got way easier. He has three games a year versus 12 and a bowl game. See, and I have no issue with your proposal of FCS, G5, Power 5. And, and specifically at home, by the way. G5 at home. Don't play road G5s anymore. We don't need that. But I would not be opposed to Power 5, G5, and then lower tier G5. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think it's that big of a deal, especially if all of those games are in Provo. Or at least in the state. Because you're playing Depends. Utah and it's going to be in Salt Lake City. If BYU struggles in the Big 12, then you need to ensure it's an FCS. Just to make sure you go into bowl games. Because that money matters. That money's important. Our question of the day. Which games do you want to see kept or added on the 2024 BYU football schedule? <laughs> games. Basically, we're talking about what what G5. We already know the G5. What FCS game do you want? And We're, we're, we're assuming, right? Yeah. We're assuming. Yeah. What do you want to see on the schedule and why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. First response in from at Buddy Payne 444. Dixie State, in state, though it will be Utah Tech at that point, right? Or whatever they're calling it. I literally, <laughs> I literally was in St. George over the weekend. I have no clue. It'll be Utah Tech. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hawaii, Poly Connection, at UNLV, what? home away from home. Wait, you don't want Utah? No, Utah. No, not even Utah State. No, Utah's. And Nevada's also on the schedule. I want to play. So U- where's Nevada? <laughs> I want to play Utah every year. 
there could be exceptions to that. I could see where it, in the future it's like, hey, no, we actually got a two-year with Notre Dame and we want to do that instead or whatever. I, I, I could understand that mindset. So Buddy Payne adds, this prepares us to start making some new rivalries that actually matter. Oh, my gosh. No, stop. Another, another day, by the way, we need to establish who do we think yes. will be the new rivals. And who's, yeah, who's BYU going like, to play on rivalry weekend in Big 12 play? Because Utah got who, Colorado. Who is BYU's Colorado? <laughs> 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 A longstanding rivalry with Texas Tech. <laughs> Kansas, we're coming for you. Oh my god. Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, and Instagram. You gotta have Utah. Take that, Jayhawks. Buddy Payne, you gotta have Utah in there. I'm sorry. Coming up, why the Lord of the Rings is competing with BYU football. And he is the Utah Sportscaster of the Year. Yeah. Greg Rebell joins us to share his thoughts on potential Big 12 divisions and the scheduling conversation and what BYU basketball can accomplish against a team they're supposed to dominate. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tonight for a matchup of the second-place teams right now in the West Coast Conference, BYU and San Diego Men's Hoops. Coverage begins at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio with pregame live. 8.30 Eastern on Countdown to Tip-Off on BYU TV. We are hanging out live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan, and we are pleased to welcome in a third outstanding member of our BYU broadcasting crew. In fact, he is the Utah Sportscaster of the Year. Hey! Greg Congratulations, Congrats, Greg. man. That's pretty cool. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> they give you like a, a you know a little plaque or I don't know uh, what comes with it. I, I think you're getting to the back of the alphabet. That's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Rubel, yeah. outstanding That's stuff, cool, man. Well earned, well deserved, and uh, we look forward to much more from you. Starting with tonight for BYU yeah, basketball. We'll, we'll be there tonight. We'll all be involved one way we'll or the other. We'll be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. before we get to basketball, I want to talk a little about uh, Big Twelve football with BYU. How the divisions are going to be divided up has become a hot topic over the past few days. If you were picking which five teams or with Oklahoma and Texas in the mix, which six teams BYU played in the first two years of the Big 12, how would you divide up those sides of the conference? Is it okay to say, like Mark Pope, hey, as long as you're in a division, (laughs) do what you want with him. I I really kind of feel like I'm more more intrigued and excited and curious than I am demanding at this point. Mm. I I, I think I'll I'll accept whatever they come up with because it'll be, you know, 12 – uh, 10 or 12 decision makers or beyond that with the, with the commissioner, um, you know, getting together and, 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 and figuring out what, what makes sense for the entire league. I think whichever way it turns out, it's going to be fun and great and exciting and, 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 and a wonderful new phase of BYU athletics. I, I think, you know, geographically, maybe not as much of a sweat as there maybe used to be. Nowadays, once you're up in the air, you're in the air. I mean, you're going 500 miles an hour. It's easy to get places. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think, you know, BYU being, you know, the westernmost schools and, and, and Texas has the other westernmost schools, I think a lot of folks look to that natural alignment, if you will. Um, if it goes there, that's great. Uh, I think the north-south thing was intriguing. It kind of spreads you across the country a bit, mm-hmm. and, and that's, that, that's got its own element of interest to it. So I'm just like, bring it on. Let's go. I'm very interested to see, and Jeremy and I were just talking about this, 
the rivalry factor because Utah, when they went to the Pac-12, they got was, Colorado. Who is BYU's Colorado, is, is TCU BYU's natural Colorado because of the previous games? So I, I was thinking a bit about this, too, and I think because there is some history. I mean, BYU's played more games against TCU than any other team in that league, obviously. So, yeah, TCU's uh, the one where you have some history, at least. And let's not forget, uh, once Gary Patterson got to TCU and Andy Dalton was there, TCU began to turn the tide. Uh, as a program, and certainly against BYU. Um, so I think TCU is a natural. I really liked the vibe of Baylor yeah. uh, this past fall. Once you yeah. got there, and, and, and again, you have two religiously-based you know, private institutions. Um, that's kind of a natural fit in a way. So I think Baylor becomes something you know, somewhat natural there. Um, Houston has a bit of a history with BYU, some games in the past. Uh, those are the ones that come to mind, but I think TCU is the most natural one. But I, I, I think it will be great. Uh, to get to venues BYU's not been before. You know, like as broadcasters, we have bucket list places. And, you know, the fog, you know, going to Allen Fieldhouse is one of those places, and that'll be a regular part of, uh, of the routine now. So that's another part of it that I'm really looking forward to is new places, new venues, and new feel. I was in the, I was in the car with Mark Durant. We were driving through San Francisco on Saturday night and talking about where we've been, you know, and, and we've been through the WCC, or rather the WAC venues, then the Mountain West venues, the WCC venues, and now a whole a fourth Ooh. different conference of you're, venues. You're like the pioneers, but in broadcast. <laughs> We've been, your way around we've been the able country. to kind of you know circumnavigate all yeah. these different leagues yeah, and, yeah. and 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 create you know different uh, associations and friendships and and get used to different uh, you know routines, restaurants and hotels and arenas, and it's just a great life to be able to go as long as we've gone a quarter of a century and be in this many different leagues and and uh, and still have some novelty going on. I think it's great. Is this is this ancient Israel forty years to get to its <laughs> destined home? You go back forty years to the eighties, BYU's in the whack. Yeah. Finally, after da, 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 you find it's, the it's, Big Twelve, the, you yeah. find the journey, the promised the land, land yeah. the pro- <laughs> the Salt Lake Temple got built in that amount of time. There's something to that, Spence. I think Baylor makes perfect sense because I know everybody that wanted to go to Dr. Pepper and Magnolia Lanes and the whole deal. I think that's a great fit for this culture and the hat wears and the bloggers and whatever. Okay. Love the Texas trips and I think BYU's fan base. Totally. If, if you, again, if you're going to totally. go anywhere in the Big 12, that's kind of where you have for a sure. lot of... You know, but then again, once they hit those Midwest venues that they don't really go to, you'll see how many people are drawn to there. I think yes. that's going to be one of the coolest things is these Big 12 schools and fan bases will find out what it's like to have BYU draw from kind of all these different pockets of the country. And like, whoa, how is this team from Provo showing so well in this arena here right now? BYU fans are gathering in Manhattan, Kansas, in Ames, Iowa. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, Nevada is, you know, uh, there's a contract there that was signed in November. BYU has yet to announce this, but Nevada, you know, a reporter brings this up, that that's the 2024 opener. Mm -hmm. So assuming we have nine conference games, it feels like we basically know what 2024 is going to be, assuming you still play Utah. And that, if BYU still opts to play in FCS, feels like, okay, we know what non-con essentially will be. Um, what's your opinion on kind of the scheduling philosophy, if it is that? And kind of what would be your preference if you could? Uh, I, I think it's actually pretty simple. Uh, your nine league games, P5, G5, FCS. Let's go. That's what I want, too. Every year. And do you want that P5 to be Utah almost every time? I think it can be Utah when it makes sense, but I think there will be times when it doesn't for either school or both. And so you find a different you know, P5. Um, but, you know, and there could be some years where the P5 is Utah, the G5 is Utah State, 
and the, the FCS could be Weber State. You could have an in-state non-conference schedule, if you will, on, in certain years. Weber you State to do it that would way. be a hard FCS. Yeah, yeah but, but you know, but yeah. it's a, it, that's like an example of how you could go P5, G5, FCS, and still keep the in-state component. Maybe not every year, but a lot of those years you could have one, two, or three of those teams involved. Should BYU play road G5 games? I'm of the opinion that I would love to get to a seven home game situation. Ensure bowl game, ensure max wins, be a big program. Does BYU need to go play road G5s anymore? Uh, I mean, I, I think it depends on who. Yeah. But I, I mean, I don't, think, I don't think you can't go to play that game. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, circumstantial. Now, I am not opposed to, in 2024 specifically, having Utah, Nevada, and then keeping the Hawaii game on the schedule because they're in Provo, and Hawaii's never won in Provo, Greg. So are you okay <laughs> if Hawaii stayed on the schedule instead of an FCS? If, if that's the schedule you, you put in front of me, Spencer, <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. I, I will broadcast that schedule. I yeah. said, hey, the last matchup was Hawaii BYU lost, so I would actually prefer an FCS yeah. in, in that situation. But, yeah. Okay, let's talk about um, kind of uh, the transfer portal, and we haven't gotten your comment kind of on replacing Tyler Odio, Christopher Brooks, Houston Hamuli, and, of course, uh, the running backs that are returning. There's some real quality there. How do you feel about that group against uh, another tough schedule? Yeah, I, I think the fact that we do have, or BYU does have, um, you know, Peeney and Hinckley and Miles Davis and Jackson McChesney is kind of a strong nucleus already in that room. Um, I, I think what they bring in just, you know, increases the competition, the chance to get through a year um, unscathed uh, at that spot. Now, let's also note Tyler Algier, for as many issues as there were on the offense with guys missing games, that's a guy that just didn't miss. Like, he was really, really durable and really reliable. And um, I, I think I, we need to kind of applaud um, him personally and the fact that they had that kind of consistency at yeah. the running back room. You didn't see other guys have to really, you know, show themselves uh, as much as they might have been needed otherwise. And now we get to see those guys now truly compete for a spot. Um, Chris, the, uh, Chris Brooks uh, got, got beyond five yards of carry. Uh, this past year at Cal. Uh, there's still a lot of tread on those tires. He has um, 382 carries, I think, over four years. That's 10 carries a game over 38 games, which I think is what he's played. Mm. So 10 carries a game, uh, again, there's a lot of gas left in that tank. I mean, he, she, I think he, he could have a great year because he's not been overworked, overloaded in any stretch. And I, I look most forward to the competition. Who really truly emerges and does, you know, do, do the coaches say we've got a guy or are we going to be basically, you know, dividing 25 to 30 carries amongst two or three guys on, on a given game? We've never talked about it like this, but he's in a contract year. In the NBA, <laughs> we do. He's trying to get a contract in the NFL. So the motivation is super high. Okay, let's transition to basketball before we have to say goodbye to the Utah Sportscaster of the oh. Year. There's only so much time in Greg You'll always day. be with us with the photo. We're, we're good. Okay, so we have termed St. Mary's, San Francisco, and Gonzaga as St. Franzaga this year. They okay. are the other big three, just be Zaga. aside from BYU. But okay. there are four teams, including BYU, pacing to make the NCAA tournament, so they're kind of in that group. Does BYU have anything to gain in a game tonight against San Diego, a, a game that on paper BYU should dominate? If so, what is it that BYU can gain tonight against San Diego? Stay perfect in the Q3s and Q4s. Uh, Mark Pope, I still think it's a remarkable thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes you have bad nights at the wrong place at the wrong time. It happens. There are some really good teams this year that have Q3 losses. BYU in three years with Mark Pope has never had a Q3 or Q4 loss. So my objective, my objective for the team is to get to the end of the year and still say that uh, Mark Pope and his guys have never lost a Q3, Q4 game. Let's keep in mind, there are 12 games left right now, 11 
12 if you reschedule Portland. Let's say 11 or 12 games left. Um, of those 12, let's say it's 12 right now, if they do reschedule Portland. I'm not sure they will. Either way. Hopefully Either not. way. So if it's 12, eight are Q3, Q4s. Okay, so those are eight games you kind of have to win. And then you have, you have two remaining in Q1 and two remaining in Q2. Um, so just winning the Q4 or Q3, Q4 games, that gets you to 11 wins in league if you can do that. You find another win, you're at 12. 12 or 13, I think, is putting you in a really good spot going yeah. into the postseason. That's what BYU has to do. It's kind of, they're, they're in kind of a take-care-of-business mode right now. And that's what they've been in under Mark Pope since the get-go. And that really has to just get maybe even more attention than it does get. They're, they're winning a majority of the hard games, the Q1s and Q2s, and never having a bad loss. You know, a true quote-unquote bad loss. Yes. And, we, and, we'll, and we'll consider Q3s and Q4s yes. to be the bad losses. 100%. Yeah. BTO time. Taking care of business. Yeah, exactly. Back, <laughs> back one turner overdrive. Canadian, Canadian band. Great Canadian Canadian, band. Yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. Greg, great to have you with and us. Bachman, member of the church. Yeah, Randy Bachman. Yeah. And, and his son Tal had a one-hit wonder. He did. Yes, he, he did. I got his autograph so one day. He's so high. Yeah. High above exactly. me. Yeah. yeah. So good. So good. So lovely. Thanks, Greg. Right. <laughs> yeah, she is. All right. Thanks, Greg. All right. Thanks, Sports Anytime, Caster guys. of the Year, Greg. Yeah. All right. Coming up, Davide Gardini joins us. Why he came back. And is adding a Power 5 transfer quarterback to BYU football a no-brainer? We'll discuss. This is BYU Sports Nation. Yeah. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. Yo, guess who's back in the Smithfield House tomorrow night for the home opener? BYU men's volleyball ranked 10th in the country, hosting 13th ranked UC Irvine. Longtime rival back in the old MPSF. Now it's Big West. MPSF BYU TV tomorrow night, 9 Eastern. Let's go. He is Jeremiah Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation on a Thursday to interact with the show and get content throughout the day. You know what to do. Follow us on the social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Also, let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company, enabling global trade for a growing world. Spencer, will Foose catch Yoli or Eric Mika in freshman blocks and or rebounds? Ooh, man, he's pacing right now to uh, potentially do so. I'm going to say that he catches at least one of them in one of those categories, Jerem. I'll go both. You think both? Let's go both. He's, yeah, he's uh, he's on the Yoli-Eric trajectory because he start, Eric started his whole freshman year. Yoli started part of the year, most of the year. Foose is in that category where he will have been kind of a little more than halfway. He's playing at a really high level, kind of an 8-8 eight and eight guy right now. He's had a couple double-doubles or yeah. close to double-doubles. Yeah, let's go. I tend to feel like it's more likely to be blocks because yeah. he just is such a rim protector. He's got Seven that two, huge man. wingspan. I'm putting my arms out like I can simulate that. <laughs> no, come on. Add on about a I've foot never actually, to I don't, each arm. I don't know my wingspan. I'm guessing it's like two inches <laughs> short. Yeah. Good stuff. Jeremy, do you expect any major changes coming out of this become kind of a highly publicized NCAA convention in Indianapolis. It sounds like, based on our conversation with Dennis Dodd and my conversation with Liz Darker earlier this week, is that this is a big freaking deal in Indianapolis. Bigger than I thought. Yes. Uh, we'll find out exactly what it means with the empowerment of the divisions as opposed to just the NCA. Deregulation. Yes. Uh, that always sounds like that's good, but will that mean that the upper crust power fives actually make it so it's harder for a team like BYU yeah. or other group of fives that aren't power five when BYU is? To compete at the same level. Here's what I want to come out of that meeting at some point. This is a pipe dream. Relegation. I want relegation yeah, in college football. 
You earn it, you stay in the highest levels, you stink, you get dropped down. That's an un-American idea. <laughs> I do like relegation in soccer in Europe, but it's, so it's, fun. But it's not a thing that Americans will ever Sure. Adopt. It just makes low-level games like, oh, man, these are the two worst teams in the division, but they're playing who's to stay vol- in the big league. Who's going to volunteer to – like, Vanderbilt's like, no, we're in the SEC. Yeah. We don't want to be in FCS. Spencer, why wouldn't you add a Power 5 transfer quarterback to the mix of BYU? There's no reason, Jerem. Amen. There's, There's no, no reason. There's no reason to not add a Next. Power 5 transfer quarterback to the mix. Next. Yes. It's been a minute since we've done this, so let's update the people on how many days until the – 2022 college football season begins. Hit it! Countdown to the Bulls. 226. 226 days away. BYU opening the season in Tampa at USF. Not San Francisco. It's the University of South Florida. That's right. Home of Thomas F. Brady. And BYU no longer has a Florida curse. So let's go. Never was one. You just needed to not play Miami or Florida or Florida State. You know what I'm saying? Has BYU played Florida? BYU's never played Florida. BYU's never played Florida. It was Florida Florida. State and Miami. BYU did lose to USF in 2019, Jerem, which was weird. A 4-8 USF team that fired their coach. And then BYU also lost to Memphis. BYU was 7-6, too, by the way. That was a mediocre BYU. I know. But, hey, the Boca Raton Bowl and Zach Wilson, they handled everything, right? Oh, yeah. It was nice. All good. Okay, uh, one more question for you, Jeremy. Are you more excited for the BYU season opener on September 3rd against the USF Bulls or the season opener on Amazon of the Lord of the Rings series debut called Power of the Rings? Because, uh, yeah, the Power of the Rings. Because it's USF, it's Lord of the Rings. (laughs) They spent a billion dollars on season one. A bill! It's got to be good. By the way, one of the two showrunners, remember the Church of Jesus Christ letter? No kidding. JD Payne. Wow. Yep. Is that why you're more excited too? No, I love Lord of the Rings. Let's I know go. You, I know you love Lord of the Rings. Maybe you should wax USF. You know what I mean? What if it came down to, okay, the only way you can watch it is live format, and you have to do it head-to-head against BYU football. I can have multiple screens. I know you what can. What are you, a pioneer? I know you can. I'm just saying, like, what if it were that scenario? Which would you choose? What if I only had one screen? What in the heck happened in my house? <laughs> you have, like, nine. Come on. How am I supposed to parent without these? <laughs> are you? Are you? Am I? You want the football game. I want the football game, bro. Coming up, we double down with our predictions for a ball night. And we speak with BYU men's volleyball star Davide Gardini to yeah. preview tonight's awaited, or rather tomorrow night's awaited home opener. This is BYU Sports Nation. He's already, he's already in game mode. Let's go. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Salama, which is apparently being viewed by a member of our crew. She's putting a twist on some of her favorite BYU posts of the week and the BYU Arena's Equal Paradise. Hmm? Check it out on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Fun fact, Kiki and a friend saw a cheap flight to Cancun, jumped on, like left Saturday, came back Tuesday. I saw her in the office yesterday. I was like, weren't you just in Cancun? That's pretty awesome. That's what happens when you're uh, not uh, have don't have a family. And you have uh, a family. disposable income. Just leave. No kids. You know, it's great. That's how come great. we didn't? Do, I, what I'm saying is, how come we didn't do stuff like you that? You and I just need to bail on this program and just go to Cancun. <laughs> this week, why we didn't cannot. we do that? We will another day. Welcome back to BYU Sports Chef, Nation. Get ready. We are live in Studio B, full of regret. <laughs> That's every day for me. <laughs> but we're about to make it better because joining us now on the set is. 
the star of BYU men's volleyball, Davide Gardini. Davide, it's great to have you back in studio. Thank oh, you guys for having me. It's always good to be here. <laughs> I feel like you've been on like four times, and I've missed three of those. Like, uh, a, probably. like yeah, I feel like this is a rare occurrence. Exactly. And you're like, hey, I was on the show. Where were you? And I'm like, you, I'm you were so here sorry. for my first one though, and made me yep. feel bad. So then I got used. Okay. To it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I apologize. Hey, speaking of social media, we're just talking about BYU Sports Nation right now. Davide, uh, a few weeks ago, I saw a post from you. In fact, I messaged you about this. Oh. Of your car sliding on snow and ice <laughs> and nearly hitting a pole. And you took a picture of how close it was to hitting this pole. Insanely close. Like, if, if this were a volleyball play, it would have been under review for like yeah. whether the ball was in or out. I would have challenged out. it. I would have challenged <laughs> that. Yes, it was way too close. Uh, what's it like driving in the snow still for you as an Italian? Um, I'm I'm kind of getting used to it, and, and and I would say I'm pretty good at it. I've never struggled, and you know there was nobody around, so I was just with one of my teammates. We were like fooling around, and then I lost control for the first time ever on the snow, and that felt pretty terrifying. And <laughs> luckily, I kind of did something at the end. I tried to give it some gas, and we stopped in time. So it, it was it was, <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. I'm so glad that you and your car are okay. We both made it That's out good. okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm recalling a high school experience in the parking lot where I hit the curb. Uh, in a similar situation, though. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's talk about this team. Certainly, uh, you know, five starters gone. It was all chips in the last two years. You chose to come back on this squad. You could have easily said, you know what, I'm going, I'm playing in Italy. What were some of the reasons why you wanted to be here for this season? You know, I talked for a long time with the coaches, a lot of other people that I trust, um, trying to figure out what to do. Uh, as I said, I had other options, and I thought about it for a long time, but... Uh, you know, mainly it's about uh, me growing as a, as a person, as a leader on the court. You know, I've got a lot of guys around me that trust me and have a lot of faith in them. But it's different. Last year, we were all kind of on the same level. You know, you had Gabby, Will, like a lot of the older guys, and I, I was there with them. This year, sometimes I feel like it's just me in there. And it, it's a great feeling because you got more responsibility. You got to think about way more things. And, you know, the main reason why I thought this is going to be good for me is because at some point in my career, I might get to this point again, maybe professionally overseas. Mm -hmm. So this year is going to help me like down the stretch when I'm in that spot again. And, you know, I'm, I might learn something that's going to help me. How are you handling that? Because it's certainly different, like you talked about. <laughs> and, and the first weekend, you know, two starters can't go. We're unavailable, you know, yeah. COVID stuff. Um, and, and you get swept. That's not something you're necessarily used to. And this season, um, you know, you guys are going to have natural growing pains. How are you sort of coping with this new role? It, it's tough, man. It, it takes a lot of energy out of you. I never, I never realized that until these two games, because in practice you don't really feel that, even if we've been practicing for a while. But it's, it drains you because you are there and you just got to make sure that the guys around you stay with some energy and all that. So we played like a three-set game against Penn State the second night. And halfway through the third set, I was like, man, if we go to five, I don't know how I'm getting to the end of this game because I was drained. Like, I had nothing. Like I was trying emotional to, energy? Emotional, like, everything. Yeah. Like, adrenaline is always up there, and you got to talk to everybody. you got to always be engaged. Whereas last year, you know, it's not the best, but sometimes it'll be like, hey, you know, Gabby can take care of that. Or, you know, <laughs> like, Zach Eschenberg will be fine. Like, this year, I can't do that. I yep. don't want to do that. Sure. This is why I came back, because i got to learn how to help the guys around me. And so, Ooh. it takes... Take some energy. It's it's tough. <laughs> yeah, I love that insight. I've never thought about yeah the physical toll there. That's it, it's it's very it's very challenging. <laughs> Davide Gardini is with us on BYU Sports Nation. What did you learn about your team in the first two matches that has you feeling encouraged about what you're capable of this season? Because I know it's tough to find good in tough losses like that. But wh where did you start with that? 
I think we know that we're a physical team. Uh, even though we lost big pieces, we still got a lot of young guys that are very physical. And when we are focused and when we can play consistent volleyball, it doesn't have to be the best volleyball, but we, when we can be consistent, we can play with everybody. We can beat everybody. Um, but at the same time, if we don't have that consistency, then you see us going down. So we can be really up there or just down. So we just got to find a way to be in the middle or just stay on, on that better part of our playing. And I think, I think we can do that. I think I saw some pieces of it, and we just got to make sure to stay there all the time. I'm excited about a lot of things with this team. One of them is Mix Ramanis. So he's a oh. kid from California, Latvian descent, and uh, he hit it hard in the weight room with you. Redshirted last year, was probably close to playing in a couple matches, but didn't. So he's a redshirt freshman, has never played in a match review. He was unavailable two weeks ago, but he's going to be a good player. Yeah, I've been talking to him. He's, he's super excited. I didn't even realize that he never played before. <laughs> so he was telling me things here and there. I'm like, dude, he never played. That's insane. Like, I'm excited for you. So he's, he's a good player. He's gonna, I, I'm excited for him to go out this weekend and, and show everybody how good he is. Now, Jerem referenced a couple of starters that were unavailable because of COVID scenarios. Your head coach, Sean Olmstead, was also in COVID protocols. So... How That's much, news for those that don't know. Yeah. Sean is available tomorrow, tomorrow, but he's been out this whole week. Yep. How much has that added to the pressure that you are feeling as a leader on this team, not having your head coach available for the past little bit? Um, yeah, I, I don't want to think about it too much. You know, we got the other two coaches that can take care of, like, most of the things. So I didn't feel like a big change, and I don't want to, you know, be, because the coach is gone now, I don't want to be the guy that, like, feels entitled to do more. So I try to do my own things, as always. Uh, try to help the guys where I can and try to focus on my things as well. But, you know, we miss Sean. It's, it's going to be good to have him back on Friday for Absolutely. the game. So. You okay with that mustache? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I could say so. Yeah, Sean, you, you can keep it. You can keep it. <laughs> <laughs> the plan is for him to keep it tomorrow, so you'll see it on full display. New setter, always uh, you know, a big question. Zio Meyer was a guy that played a little bit last year. Um, how's the development of Zio Meyer as, as taking over for Will Stanley? Oh, it's been insane. The, the kid has been growing a lot. He's gotten better in every single part of the game. Um, he's still a young player. He hasn't played in college like most of the other guys. So sometimes he makes those plays that you're like, you see they're a little, you know, out of the blue, you're like, you, you don't expect them. Uh, but he can give us a lot from the serving line. He's, uh, he's, he's a guy that loves volleyball. He's always trying to learn more, watching video, which is something that I love in the guys, from the guys around me, you know. And he's going to add something to this team. It, we, it might take him a little, like, you know, a couple of games to get started, but uh, he'll come around and he's going to be a big gun for us. He's going to be pretty, pretty useful. Lefty setter. Always yep. love it. <laughs> yeah, let's go. You finally get to play in front of your home fans. Oh. How much of a difference will that make, given the early season struggles, that you, now you get to come home and play in front of the Smithfield house again? It's funny you ask because I was thinking about it last night, and I realized that I haven't played in front of a field house. Not packed, but even with a certain amount of fans in a while. Yeah. And it's different. Like, for me, having fans and, like, having the crowd there just adds something to it that you cannot replicate anywhere else on any other thing. So... I'm looking forward to it. We we need it, and even when we were at Penn State, we had some fans, but not not nothing great. So uh, it's it's gonna be different. It's gonna fire us up a little bit, and you know, playing the field house is always better for us. It's it's yeah, definitely better. Let's dig in more into what we were talking about about the, kind of your role in this team. <clears throat> How do you avoid trying to do too much? As like, okay, I'm the one returning, uh, you know, Mitchell Worthington at Libero, and you, you're the one like hitter that's back in the starting lineup. How do you avoid trying to do too much this year? Because that would be a natural feeling, I would imagine. 
And, and it kind of was like that at the beginning of the year. I, I, I felt like I was trying to do too much. I started talking to the coaches, a couple of people around me that can help me with those mental things. And, uh, you know, the main thing that uh, I learned is that I still got to trust the guys around me. I got to uh, believe that they're going to do their, their job. And even if they don't, I cannot always be the one that's got to be there and, like, tell them something. I got to let them be, you know. And so I started realizing that, tried to stay on my side, just say something when I feel like it's needed. Uh, but other than that, it's, it's been not too, not too hard. I want to talk about uh, something you've talked about in the broadcast, but... Um, you have a necklace that has, is it, is it, uh, it's an ode to your mom yeah. and dad who played, oh, you're wearing it now. Oh, yeah. The I Italian national it. team. Yeah. You always wear it. Tell us about yeah. it. So it's, uh, it's an A and an N, and they're kind of like put together because uh, my dad's name is Andrea and my mom's name is Novella. And then there is a number 13 because my dad used to play in the national team with number one and my mom used to play in the national team with number three. Oh. So 13 is kind of like the family number. My sister played with that number, actually. I ended up picking one for other reasons. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's something, I don't know, I always have it on me. It's, uh, it's my family staying sure. with me. Sure, close to your heart. That's yes. really cool. <laughs> Love that. Davide Gardini is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, before you go, I want to talk to you about how you get your team to that consistent level. What aspect of the game needs to improve the most? Is it passing? Is it serving? Is it setting? Is it overall defense, energy? How would you say that your team gets to that consistent mark more often than not? Yeah, we've been seeing that like sometimes we lack on energy a little bit, but it also is something that you cannot – fabricate energy when you're not playing good volleyball. So that's something that we need, but I think there's things before that, and we've been talking about it. And serving, well, passing has been okay. I feel like it's not where we were last year, but it's still okay. It's good enough for us right now. Uh, serving has got to improve. Uh, Penn State, that's what kind of killed us, a lot of missed serves. So getting back in the field out of defense, I know we're going to be more confident. And when you start making serves, you put pressure on the, on the other team. And, you know, they start making mistakes. They're like, oh, okay, now we got to make points. They're not just giving them to us. Um, I think that's going to be a huge thing. And other than that, I would say floor defense. Like not blocking, but floor defense, we will be struggling. And we're not – BYU has always been good at blocking. Back row defense, we, we struggle a little bit, but usually every year we start pretty bad and then we end up getting better throughout the season. So I know we're going to do that again. I'm excited. And hey, UC Irvine, that's a fun matchup too. It's, it's guys be. are always long, <laughs> always physical, right? Uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a very fun game. Yeah. <laughs> go. Welcome back to a full Smithfield house. Let's, let's go, go Anteaters. Yeah, let's go, man. Oh, by the way, for the first time ever, the uh, season ticket reserved seats sold out. Ooh, that's never yeah. happened. They told us. Which is crazy. So You're a big go. part of that, Davide. Let's, right, go. let's go. They're like, Gardini's back. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Outstanding. Thanks for hanging out. Let's give you some BYU Thanks, Sports Davide. Nation karma for the matches. Oh, thank you so much, guys. I'll take it. Tomorrow night, 9 Eastern, BYU TV. You got let's it. Let's go. Okay, coming up, Gideon George's parents making a difference in Nigeria as well. And our double down predictions. Is today the day that I launched the comeback train? Maybe. You've been saying <laughs> that for a while. This is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We're always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. And hey, we have a podcast. I don't know if you knew that. If you're listening to that, you, this right now, you knew that. But uh, you can uh, subscribe, rate, and review it. It's time for the double down picks. BYU hosting San Diego. 
two predictions about tonight's game. If we get each right, that's worth a point. If you get both right, then there's a bonus point for a total of three. Jeremy, you currently lead 29 to 15. Jason and Dave have a combined five points. I love that we keep track of those. They don't participate every time we're like, oh, look, they only have five. <laughs> Number one, no one will score 20 plus in this game. This is there's not going to be someone. No one's going off in this one. Please, Alex Every, Barcelo, go nuts. Everyone's under. AB, <laughs> chill the heck out. Alex, go, go nuts, man. He's going to get pulled with seven minutes to go. BYU's up 21. Uh, number two, no player will have a double-double either. Now Come there, on, Foose. Now there are two players for San Diego who have back-to-back double-doubles. Okay, and Foose had a 9-9 nine nine in the last game. So I, I'm basically saying everyone's just going to chill the heck out in the stat category. Yeah, come on. Come on, Foose. Uh, Erlington and Townsend. Yeah. Two names to watch out for yeah. with San Diego. Those guys can absolutely ball. Okay, number one. I feel like the defense is going to show out tonight, Jerem. BYU will hold San Diego to 60 or fewer points. That's 30 or fewer and a half on average. 60 would be an excellent defensive performance. San Diego averages about 68 points a game. Yeah. Okay, number two. San Diego will make five or fewer three-pointers. A big part of BYU holding the Toreros to under 60 is going to be what they've been so good at, BYU, and that is three-point defense this year. San Diego averages six makes per game. It'll be five or fewer threes made by San Diego tonight. Okay. So if the Toreros shoot well, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> I wish you had read that as it was written in here. By the way, I did it not says write that Dan down. Dan Diego. <laughs> Who's Dan Diego? <laughs> You're like, who is one this guy's man? not going to make five or few. Yeah, it's or San, maybe it's San Don Diego. Diego. Don Diego. Don Diego. Yeah. <laughs> Governed by the Germans. Yeah. Oh, our question of the day. Back to BYU football. Which games do you want to see kept or added on the 2024 BYU football schedule? We're asking this because... There's not much to do here. We found out yesterday that Nevada is going to open the season at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in 2024, thus pushing UCF, conference opponent, away. We think Utah will remain. So at that point, does it become just an FCS school? And BYU has an FCS opponent, Dixie State. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Blaine Swallow answers on Instagram. Always Utah. But I wouldn't mind seeing Georgia Southern so we can all dress like burritos and call it the Burrito Bowl. <laughs> I forgot about that. They're throwing burritos at our guys. Yeah. Like, Sunbelt team what? make the uh, trip back to Provo. I said, that's hey, another team. No, that's another thing. No Sunbelts. I'm sorry. The experience with Coastal Carolina. Oh, and now on Georgia the road? Southern, absolutely not. I know it's uh, there's a few bad apples or whatever, but come on. Come on. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Gideon George's parents helping distribute some of the shoes that have come over. More shipments. That's super cool. Gideon posted this. He continues to be an amazing resource in Nigeria. That's awesome. Thanks to everybody who donated shoes. It's unbelievable. Our thanks to today's guests, Davide Gardini and the sportscaster of the year in Utah, Greg Rebell. Sorry to Dennis. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Ryan Millar. Let's get some volleyball in there. Danny Angie, Greg Kaidon tomorrow. See you tonight for BYU Basketball. Go Cougs.